0: Hi there! This is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than Norman, aka the Beer Guy for our, a serial entrepreneur who provides marketing and managed e-commerce solutions for brands. As a leading figure in the Amazon and e commerce industry norman has worked with an impressive list of fortune 500 companies such as coca-cola and 20th century fox today norman and i dive deep into discussing his passion and love and the challenge of a good startup we discuss his failure to realize the value of domain names in the early years of the internet how an addiction business led to domain investment and development why brand development requires a top-notch domain He also shares the insightful case studies of Soap.Club and a few other projects. And last but not least, Norman leaves us with practical steps to launching an affiliate website during economic downturn. So with that, Norman, welcome and thank you for making time to join
1: us today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Certainly. And so to help kind of fill in uh, a bit of the details of how Norman and I cross paths, um, we actually crossed paths a few years back while both attending as well as presenting at the Merge Conference, which was held in Orlando, Florida. So it's been a few years since then. But to kick things off, Norman, share briefly with listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal and professional background.
1: Sure. Uh, like you were saying, uh, I guess I'm a bit of a mutt when it comes to businesses <laughs> because I've been involved with a variety of different businesses from manufacturing to uh, fulfillment, uh, specialty packaging, even, uh, even a tech hub at one point. And I guess it all kind of came together with the beauty of Amazon. And um, I, kind of were, I was able to kind of put everything together to start to build successful Amazon businesses.
0: Awesome. So then, take us back. I guess in terms of you know how how did you get involved in terms of like domain investing and just domain names in general?
1: Oh man, this goes way back, way back. <laughs> you know the the Wayback Machine. You know the, <laughs> that if you go in there, that doesn't go that far back. The uh, archive. <laughs> <laughs> I I I remember when domains were free. It was a it was a free for all, and I got into it when. um I, I had a company that was working for um, a fortune 500 company and they had asked me to put together a dealer incentive program where they wanted to put their logo onto pens and keychains, coffee mugs, stuff like that. And they asked me, uh, you know, can you build a website? And not knowing the, anything about internet marketing, I said, of course I can. And so I took it on and that's when the domain business started. Um, I I think I was probably one of the few that uh, that were on the internet doing anything other than well you know actually doing e-commerce. I had a company called Angelfish Marketing at the time, so we owned uh, Angelfish.com. Um, but then we started to do um, print-on-demand. We were outsourcing to India, and we had a really great like, workflow. Everything was it was perfect, and um, yeah, we just started to build out. From there, but what we didn't realize, and kick myself, kick myself, and maybe kick myself a bit more, <laughs> the power of a domain, the equity in a domain. And we had so many opportunities as well as so many um incredible domains that I just let go. And if I had them today, uh, you know, oh my gosh, I, I just wish I could have had that crystal ball back then.
0: So what, what type of names are we talking?
1: Oh man, I, believe it or not, I I even had some like high level, like big brands, big brand names where I thought, oh, I'll just go out and buy them. So we, when we, when I got out of the, the promotions side of the business, so that was Angelfish, you know, not a big deal, but it was a nice little name. Um, I got into um, uh, the addiction side of things. And I had, you name it, you name it. I had uh, 1,300 domain names, I believe, wow. all addiction-based. And it went from L.A. LA addiction. Uh, I don't think I had the .coms, but I had the .nets. I had the .orgs. I had a bunch of .coms, but uh, they were either recovery or rehab or uh, what was the other one that was really popular? I think was, I had it for detox, uh, like detox rehab, um, sober rehab, uh, sober living, um, just a variety of different uh, addiction domains. I still have a bunch, but most of them, I would say about 1,100, uh, I just let go. Wow. Right? Really stupid.
0: <laughs> so then how did you, I mean, how did you get into the addiction business?
1: Well, I, I was on the other side of a fence for a little while. So uh, I was heavy into uh, heavy into business, and that really resulted in a uh, going out sales a little bit too much partying, I would say. And I went through. I saw, you know, what uh, the the um, the addiction rehabs and consulting and like the whole industry was doing for other people, and what it did for me, and what it did for a whole bunch of other people that were in the program at the same time. And I said, man, this is a way to give back. And so started there and started to build up, you know, just by buying and buying and buying and buying all these domain names.
0: Now, did you develop those names or were they, you know, redirects?
1: No, these are all, they, I just picked them up. They weren't there. Like nobody was buying them. Oh, wow. Hey, I'm talking yet. Nobody had bought them like cocaine addiction you know, stuff like this. I mean, they were just, and especially you know, one of the things I was able to see when when I was in the program, it, I was able to see like, oh, wow, there's sex addiction. There's gambling addiction. There's all these other addictions. And nobody was thinking about it. They weren't thinking about dual diagnosis. They weren't thinking about pain management. They weren't thinking about, you know, different things that, The average, I think at that point, that was the start of domain brokers. They really weren't thinking about that side of it. So when I look at keywords, when I'm doing research, I'm trying to go really wide. And even at that point, okay, everybody's going to target these ones, but what can I do and go kind of wide on them? Now I did, I've got to admit, I hate to admit this, but I did have a lot of hyphenated words. You know, I, (laughs) I did like have a ton of hyphenated words. But they worked at the time because Google didn't put up their first update yet. You know, I mean, it was the wild west back then. You know, content was always good. We could always, you know, play around. There was lots of links going back. I mean, you know, like back in the back in the '90s, way back, um, (laughs) you could do anything. Literally, you could do anything and get ranked. We were ranked everywhere. I remember uh, getting a call from this Thai rehab really ticked off at me because, you know, I was number one and they couldn't get number one for Thai addiction, Thai rehab, tie this, tie that. And, you know, we we were in Hawaii at the time. So, <laughs> yeah, I had a few enemies out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, that's interesting. So, So you're holding most of these domains yeah. um, because I would have thought you would have said something like, oh, yeah, we redirected them. We used them Mm -hmm. on billboards, uh, you know, to be basically be able to um, at least track or measure the return on investment from advertising. But I guess at that point in time, like you said, you really because you own the land, you know, so to say, I guess you really didn't have to necessarily rely on PPC.
1: Right. We had uh we had created almost like if you take a look at the a a, a typical click funnel layout right now i mean that's what we had done and we'd done it uh, i don't know how many but um we would have a little clip on um uh, i'm gonna pick on thai so thai rehabs and we put a little uh you know a couple shots in of thailand and we have a bit of copy about thailand but it was all pointing to hawaii and then We'd have a PDF that they could have. So there, there was an attachment that they could download, um, which all pointed to what we were selling. And there was a video. So there was a custom video that we did. And it, I mean, it did look, for the time, it was, you know, it, it was well advanced.
0: Awesome. And so then how long did you, how long did you operate this business?
1: Uh, I was there for about five years
0: so there for about five years and and i guess like in terms of like revenue or how big was the company in terms of employees revenue you know so forth reach
1: i thought we could do a lot more um the revenue wasn't it was in the seven figures um but what we had i thought we could have easily got into the eight figures but um it has lots of opportunity. It was a holistic center. It was the first center of its kind that it was the first um, center that offered dolphin assisted psychotherapy. Uh, we worked with a lot of holistic um, naturopaths. I think we had in total probably around 15 clinicians and people, I, I don't know. I would probably say we probably had 25 people that were working for us. Um, yeah, at the time. So we had a clinic, we had the one center, we had another sober living center, and then we were trying to build out an executive center as I left.
0: And so then in terms of you know, that transition, so I guess why, why did you leave there or what was the next stop?
1: It was just, it was time to move on. Um, I wanted to open up something else. I was looking at, um, it was unfortunate. I was trying to do this really cool um, wellness type application where families could go uh a lot of the times when you're you know when you're battling an addiction you're on your own and i wanted to be able to to you know bring families in and have the families go out and have really kind of cool excursions and anyways it just didn't catch on it was on it you know i think it was a little bit before its time but then, I mean, that led me to come back and start playing around with, you know, a couple of new ventures and, um, you know, another door opened and got into some really cool e-commerce opportunities.
0: And now when you say e-commerce now, you know, I mean, most people think today, everybody starts thinking either Shopify, Illusion, Bitcommerce, you know, all of these bigger uh, known names. So what was e-commerce or how was it defined back then?
1: Well, now we're talking, we're in the 2000s now, right? Um, so I was, I I think most of my e-commerce platforms were on WordPress and I was using, um, oh, what? what is it? WooCommerce. That was uh, the main platform that I was using for anything I was doing there. Um, and we were also developing uh, some really kind of cool technology uh, with uh I had a Tampa based, small Tampa based tech incubator. And um it was it was pretty cool. Uh we were we were um trying to skin the uh anything to do with Outlook, Microsoft Outlook. Um it was you could be a fan. So it's kind of like you know what's happening today where you could go and you could um like like let's say Alan Iverson or if you liked a brand, um we were kind of uh, yeah, developing like this really cool. Site. Yeah, but it was on steroids and there's nothing like it even today. So like to give you an example, uh athlete could be playing, um, like, you know, we see the game. After the game, he goes and texts the 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 fan that gets it receives the text on the screen. There's all the information about the team, the statistics, the 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 uh um the athlete, uh custom audio, or, um custom streams that were coming in. Uh there was clothing and merchandising. A matter of fact, we tested this out with um, uh, the uh, show Friends. We just did it as a, an example. But while the show was running, you could take your mouse and click on, you know, Channeler's Best, and that would go to L.L. Bean. And it was interactive, like back then. And, wow. you're not, you know, you're not even seeing that right now. So uh, that was really cool nothing ever happened it kind of just died a slow death um you know we were uh we hit the tech bubble and everything just died for me so i had to kind of go back and reinvent myself and so how
0: did you go about doing that in terms of reinventing yourself
1: um after i got up uh you know from the fetal position um <laughs> and then fell down again and got up i just started to explore and things kind of fell my way um i f- i believe cuz There was was a bunch of stuff going on in between between some of these companies. But I believe the first thing I got involved with was uh, with my brother going uh, to China and opening up a um, a, uh, contract manufacturing company. And we were over in, it was in China, it was Taiwan. So Taiwan, we opened up two companies and we started uh, doing contract manufacturing way before there was the big hype and um that went extremely well we were uh, involved with oh wood handled stamps arts and crafts we did a like a a bunch of little um trinkets you know uh that just kind of piled up and then we bought a plastic extrusion company and got into uh uh, ink pads and this was kind of cool um plastic uh uh makeup containers for Yves Saint Laurent Chanel and they the, the company already had the contract so it was just kind of cool having that contract um after that uh came back and just got into e com and started looking at a variety of different uh, e-commerce sites um getting into the pet market getting into the beauty market um yeah and just kind of giving her
0: Wow, so when did you realize that you kind of had, you know, something of a uh, Midas touch for e-commerce and, you know, just affiliate?
1: Uh, I wouldn't call it Midas. I I would say <laughs> that um, you know, bronze, a bronze touch would be r- really quite nice cuz you know what? I have had some great successes, but I've been kicked in the legs a few times. Like just today. Just today <laughs> I got like I'm I'm sitting here and PayPal decides they're going to suspend my account. <laughs> you know, so what do you do with that? I, I do have other accounts that I can pay with, but you know, anything that's going in or going out now is locked. Try to call PayPal today. Try it. <laughs> you know, and this is this is a small rant, but this is about this is about the industry we're in, right? What's happened right now? What's happening right now? I think is giving people an excuse to cheapen their customer service. And it should be going up, not down. And you talk to anybody, you know, if you're setting up a business right now, or if you're in business and you're having a problem with something, you should be able to reach somebody and, you know, get that support. Now, if people, I know people, I mean, it's really tough to answer a phone. Okay. I'm an old guy. I answer phones, <laughs> but um, you know, email, people are just like, you go to online chat, you go to the new uh, messenger bots, right? And what's the most frustrating thing, thing there? It's a messenger bot. And try a lot of the times to get to a person, and they keep giving you the wrong information. So this is something that I think that if anybody is going to go out there and try to do anything with e-com, it's all about communication. And if people can't get a hold of you, well, they're going to go to somebody that can. And unfortunately, like people like PayPal, I wish I could just delete and, um, you know, just go to the next one.
0: And it, it, and like you said, because of the, you know, the size of a PayPal, it, that makes it quite challenging just to, you know, turn the faucet off.
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, this, the, the whole industry, I'm not a huge domain broker. I'm not. I've got a bunch of domains. I've got some really good domains. I love developing businesses. I love from the get go to develop businesses and getting into partnerships and seeing something really grow. But what I like the best about being an entrepreneur is I have that ability to turn on a bloody dime where other people, PayPal, you know, they have to take forever to do something or forever to make a decision. You know, even Amazon, I mean, I do I do a lot on Amazon. I like working with a ton of different clients on Amazon and the stupidity that you go through to with their customer service. I mean, they should be ashamed. You know, we, everybody, anybody involved with, with working with the company knows that when you go and you call Amazon 10 times, you'll get 10 different answers. And nine out of the 10 are wrong. You know, it's just, it's common, you know, that the training's not there. Well, these are the types of companies that should have excellent training, you know especially for the low level questions that seem to get they just seem to not get it right, but they're growing so fast I guess that they can't have quality people in. but when you do get a quality person, I mean it's like going to heaven
0: <laughs> exactly exactly and so in terms of of Amazon and it's interesting because you bring it up because uh, just here recently and last couple of weeks um it looks or appears to be that Amazon has has uh sliced its affiliate income and so um obviously you've spent a number of years just working uh likely with Amazon or folks that are doing or have some sort of involvement with Amazon and so what do you make of of that in terms of one in terms of the space that we find ourselves in in covid um and everyone essentially moving online to order you know Everything from A to Z, um so obviously I look at that, and I go, one, Amazon stock is going through the roof as well as revenue and likely profits, but at the same time, um you know folks who are driving traffic to amazon like what do you what do you make of just this whole recent thing of of sliced uh or reduced um commissions? Stop it. <laughs>
1: Hey, the affiliate network now i mean amazon's a big beast i would not be big on and there's you know what you're probably some people there that are making tons of money with amazon um, being an amazon affiliate and that's fine go ahead but when they decided that they were going to chop down the affiliate rate what are the what's what are they going to do next you know and then what are they going to do after that
0: yeah what i'm finding likely evaporate. is evaporate
1: Yeah. Like I, I would much rather go in and I mean, this is just, you know, off the cuff, but I'd much rather do something like free plus shipping, you know, and go in, check out something, you know, you could, you could easily go to Alibaba or get a sourcing agent, but find, you know, something over overseas and do a free plus shipping. And then that way, you know you test the waters a bit and see what what what's uh what's a winner, and you're not you're building your business I mean yes your affiliate businesses are great and there's lots of ways to earn income on it and there's some incredible, really incredible affiliate uh, people out there um, but I'm just talking about that person just starting out. This is something that uh, I don't know i I would be much. I'd be more inclined to go with either a drop shipping model um, or even if you've got the right product at the right price point, there's nothing wrong with trying to open up your own e-commerce site. But if you do have um, uh, platforms like the eBay's of the world, Etsy's, uh, Wish, uh, Amazon's, Walmart's, those is captivated audience right there. And Amazon, I got to admit, it's still the largest search platform in the world for buying anything. So you've got that platform there, but I wouldn't make it. I would really try not to make it my number one source of income because you don't know. Like I I can tell you another thing. I sell soap, right? I, I sell soap. I thought everything was kosher. Well, Amazon being Amazon decided, Hey, Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, uh, no, the algorithm, if it picked up the word hemp, you're done. And I have hemp oil, hemp hemp oil in my soaps. Well, guess what happened? You know, then it's like, oh my gosh, now, and I've had this, the same thing with um, toe wart remover. Okay. It sounds sexy. So (laughs) toe wart remover, there is an active ingredient in toe wart remover that's perfectly safe at 1% level. Okay. Or 2% level. We have it at one. We get the momentum going with Amazon. And then all of a sudden, guess what happens? Oh, there's a hazmat issue. We explain full plan of action. You know, everything's cool. We get it reinstated. Just start to get it going again. Guess what? Hazmat. Same thing a third time. It killed the listing. It went from, it it was ranging between 68 and $120,000 a month at great profit, like a really great profit. And now uh, because, of, because of Amazon, uh, if we get $1,700 a month in it, uh, we're lucky. And the reason why, like it, probably somebody's saying, well, it must be a crappy product or why, is it, why did it drop so much? Every time that you are removed or if you run out of inventory, it's, it, it's almost double the, the time and energy you need to put back into it. So what took us, it, it was nothing to get it ranked. And it was an organic listing and people loved it. It was a great product. And it is a great product. It got, it was pulled three times very quickly. And now to to get it back up there, we've got to spend so much money to get it ranked that it's just not worth it for them to pull it again because we don't know if they're going to pull it. Really stupid. There's nothing we can do, you know. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Dear John letter, but there was, and I don't know if it was Steve or not, but um, there's a, a person out there, uh, Steve Simonson. He's got a uh, an Amazon um, co-op called Empowery, and he provided a Dear John letter. Um, and it's, and from what I understand, Amazon is putting this up in lunchrooms because it's, hey, look, guys. We're not doing that great of a job. This is where we're missing the ball. All these people that are writing these dear, dear John letters, and you know, they're talking to people about or this is how we're affecting them. This is how we're affecting their families. This is, you know, when you're working with um with Amazon right now, we're talking about it. Used to be a hobby. Now people are selling their houses to, you know, invest in something, selling their trucks to, you know and invest in inventory you shouldn't do that by the way but <laughs> they're doing it and it's a main source of income and then they find out oh it's not it's not that easy
0: interesting so you hit you hit on an interesting point there in terms of, of cuz obviously where we find ourselves at in covid and you know the numbers are growing on a weekly basis just to the tune of some odd, I believe, 36 million people, the last I had known the count to be for unemployment. And so you likely have folks, I know in terms of this audience, you likely have domain investors and developers that are sitting there um some may have been part-time, full-time. I would imagine those who are part-time that certainly lost their full-time employment or primary source of income, you know, they're they're likely having to find another way to make ends meet. And so, you know, in terms of being able to look at their domain portfolios and figure out what is the next step, you know, I mean, I think the choice becomes do I renew the domains or do I develop them? um how would you or what would be your guidance for you know being able to assess whether or not a, a domain is one worthy of development and two uh, an actual business
1: if i took a look at my portfolio uh, if it, and it depends on your situation if you were looking at okay how do i thin it out because i'm stretched for cash That's one thing. I would get rid of the low-hanging fruit, but if you've got a nice evaluation, you know, on a domain, why get rid of it? You mean you've paid the money? It's there. The biggest question is, um, like for me, I I try to put my domains into play, try to develop them. Yeah, they can sit there. You know, um, that's one thing. But for me, like with a bunch, and you know, uh, like a few of the sites that I have, but you know, we just I try to do what I can with it to to make it a, you know, a valuable site. I want, I grow my domains into brands and I develop a brand. Um, Once I develop a brand, I develop it it just by itself has equity. So, I mean, that's one of the things when I'm looking at any domains right now, um, I I'm looking at brand and the domain for me Like I'll look at uh, at domain, different, all different domains, but I like building out communities, you know, and I like building out recurring um, income coming in. So, you know, it could be like a 30 day subscription, you know, like soap. Okay. So soap club, Uh, you know, people use soap. It could be a supplement club. It could be, you know, whatever it is, but if you could build equity onto the, um, onto the name and build a community through that, then you're building, you know, one heck of a customer base. So I'm building out something right now um, cigars.club, cigar.club. And it, it's a hundred percent content. It's all about content. I want every, you know, anybody who, um, who smokes a cigar, smokes a cigarette, you know, stop smoking cigarettes, um, but smoking cigarette <laughs> or cigars. I want them to know everything. We're not selling, we're not selling a product on there yet, but we're giving, we're building up the, the community we're providing. We, we want Google to love us and we're building the equity that way. People are going to come, they're going to join. They're going to have the part of the subscription. And then when we do start selling, you know, we'll be able to do something with it. So Equity is everything for me. Brand is everything for me. Community is everything for me. Now, I think I went long-winded the wrong way. Um, if I was out there right now, uh, it, there's, a, there's a ton of opportunity. There's a ton of opportunity for us. Um, the door is open. There's so much. People are, I can tell you on Amazon and other e-commerce sites that a lot of our clients are up. We, we see sales that we don't normally see in fourth quarter, and we're getting them now. Uh, our typical client is up about 80% uh, on, on their regular sales. 80% right now. What's this telling me? People are sitting there. Everybody knows this. They're sitting in front of their TVs. They're sitting in front of their computers. They're buying, and they're buying anything. You know, they're buying their groceries. They're buying whatever. If you can tie into a service, Or if you can figure out, you know, what people need right now. Ah, I mean, forget the masks, forget the hand sanitizers. I mean, we know that. But beyond that, what do they need? Well, you know, one of the things I joke about is, well, you better get into the baby category, you know, because there's a lot of time spent together, maybe too much time. (laughs) But, you know, if you're getting into clothing, ah, that's really tough. But if you're getting into some other things, that could be something that you could, you know, you could look at, but e I can't think of a better industry right now to be in.
0: Interesting. So, and you know, you hit a point there in terms of, of like, I've heard you say soap.club, I've heard you say cigars.club. So I, I know that most domain investors are probably going to say, well, why did he build on a dot club? Um, why didn't he just choose another dot com?
1: Well, I don't have to say this to this group, but I preach this when I, when I you know, talk to people that are building brands. Come up with an idea for a name, come up with the brand, and then go and try to find it, right? We all go do our research. We all come back and we try to find, you know, okay, let's, let's check this out. And I'll go through 100 names. Every misspelling is there. And why buy a misspelling? I want to make it really simple, okay? Really simple. What's the best way to do it? You can't do it with a .com right now. I mean, it, those people that, that have got the names, you know, when, when it was back in the day when you could, great. If you can play off of a name, great. But misspellings, hyphens, uh, too long, I don't want any of that. I don't want to be creative with a name. I want people to get it the first time around. So if I go and take a look at the store's The dot clubs, you know, just the, I I like the dot clubs the best because for me, I'm doing one thing and I'm targeting one, one area and that's building a community. So if I'm building Uh, a soap community, if I'm building uh, a Dead Sea Mud community, or if I'm with, you know, whatever it is, a cigar community. Hey, everybody knows if they're going to type in cigar dot club, what's going to happen? they're interested in cigars. Also, how easy is it to get ranked on Google for Cigar.Club? It's a lot more easier, you know, than, than other combinations. Um, you know, I, I think, like I know with, with Soap Club, we were able to get, you know, on page one very, very quickly. And I'm expecting to do the same thing with Cigar.Club. But, um, you know, it's just people know exactly what it is. It's a community. Um, and it could be a store. It could be just a hangout. It could be reviews on your top cigars. It could be a podcast that, you know, you tie in to see your, you know, top celebrities talking about cigars. It could just be a a chat like we're having right now, but it's a full community about cigars. And that's what I love. It's a club
0: interesting so so based upon the fact so what i hear is based upon the fact of community you you somewhat i guess sought the match of dot club or knowing that anytime someone hears club they likely think community they likely think membership of some sort um so that that that's actually I- insightful. Um now in terms of how long it's taken to build out, you know, the the uh club and as well as cigars.club, obviously time is of the essence in terms of, you know, those who have, may have lost their their job, like what type of timeline or, you know, runway are we dealing with in terms of I go and pick out a name, I start developing content, what is You know, what are we looking at? Are we looking at something like, oh, it's going to take three years to get to uh, possibly, you know, a product? Or is it, hey, you could likely sit down, crank out 50 articles that are, you know, value add, truly value add articles uh, that then either get you to do some sort of drop shipping or even some sort of, um, you know, off-site affiliate or even on-site affiliate. So, like, what are we, you know, looking at? And obviously, well, everything is you know everything is different
1: yeah when i 'm talking on the amazon world i can I can absolutely tell you that by um, by using press releases and rebates that uh, you can rank very quickly. Now you go to the ecom world and you want to buy something, and you 're trying to um, to get recognition, get ranked, getting indexed. It's a little bit different. I'm, I'm expecting like, come back and talk to me next month or two months. I'll tell you about, uh, I'll give you a case study on dot club or uh, a cigar dot club. And Oh, by the way, I should mention this is that um, getting a generic name could could give you a problem with trademarking like cigar dot club did. So what you, um, what you can do is you can create like norms, cigar club, um, norms, you know, soap club, whatever it is. And you just mask it. So you get the, you know, you you get the benefits of having a really great name and you have Norm's Cigar Club or whatever it's going to be. So um, anyways, now to get started. Yeah, it's content. I think that by providing good quality content, uh, by taking that content and making sure it's distributed properly, Uh, By creating press releases, and not only press releases, uh, but traditional form of press releases where you can go on and get a $49 um, press release or, you know, some sort of horrible press release, free, okay, or $29. (laughs) And you end up getting all the junk links, you know, you get a thousand horrible links from small town USA. Well, that's going to hurt you if you use a press release that goes out and gets the cnn's or the washington post or you know miami herald's and you you have solid links that's going to be a lot better for you the other thing is being able to tie in press releases and content and doing like You've got to you've got to hit. I call it the blitz. Right when whenever we're looking at building out uh, websites now, we do a traffic blitz, and that could be from social media. So whenever we're doing, I, I, this is what we do. We'll we'll create a blog. That blog article is going to be fifteen hundred words or more, high quality, written by you know somebody that's native English speaking. Um, then. I, I, I publish that, I write the press release, I make it a newsworthy press release about what the article's gonna be about, and I link it. Then I usually do a video press release. So I'll take the video, I'll embed the video, or I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll embed the video into the, uh, the, the blog article, which gives it authority. During this time, I'll also do um, just small videos 30 second to uh, a minute long videos, um, which I can also embed from YouTube into any pretty much any reputable press release company. So I'll give you an example selling dog treats. Okay, so um, the title would be uh, organic natural organic grass fed bully sticks proven health uh, proven healthy nutritional snack for pets, some, or elderly pets. In there, I would have the the video that would be done in the press release and you have the full body, you have all your contact information and I would have an embedded YouTube video saying, um, you know, uh, five healthy reasons why elderly dogs, you know, need bully sticks. Then that, then the press release would be linked over to the blog of the same name so you've got a reference because people you know their press releases are dry. Nobody's going to read them, don't expect a lot of traffic. you're looking at them for the links. But if they do read it and you've got the YouTube video in there, then you've got them and they're looking at it, and you'll get a bit more um, they're going to um, engage with you probably you know a bit more. And but if you get them over to your post, if they find if you're ranked um, properly, and it gets over to your post. Now you've got the authority. That's it. That's what it is with a brand. You need authority and trust. If people launch a micro brand and micro brand, like if it's a non-recognized name, nobody knows you. So you have to build trust. If you're typing in, you know, uh, wildlife pets, nobody knows that name. But if they see that, you know, there's, 10 articles about it and it's on NBC and it's on ABC and it's here and there and it's, you know, it looks like it's a bricks and mortar company, people are going to trust you. So, and that's really important. Like I can't stress this enough that if you're launching something, as for a press release, here's some results that will blow you away. We did. Um, I was on a podcast, and the night before, I put out a press release. And then this is this could be today. I could prove it. I can prove it to you tomorrow. So you know, if we wanted to book back and talk about this tomorrow, I could give you the exact results. So <laughs> press release goes out within twenty four to, and this was twenty four hours, but within twenty four to seventy two hours, the title had ranked. Uh, 200 and somewhat, I think it was 230-ish times on Google, 179 on page one, and 131 number, uh, number one keyword ranking for that press release. Now, some of the combinations were absolutely horrible. Some were good. And by doing this and building it up every month, well, guess what? you know, the, the, at least this brand just dominates everywhere.
0: Interesting. So if in terms of, uh, let's say, let's say that there's a domain investor out there, yep. they have a portfolio of domains, let's say a couple hundred or even a thousand that yep. they have a brand name for their domain company. You know, let's just say uh, something like uh, rocketnames.com or jumbo names.com. And they wanted to take this same concept and actually write press releases or put press releases out about even a, either a giving domain that they're selling or a portfolio of domains that they're selling. Could that I mean, could what you just discussed work?
1: Sure. There's actually um, uh, if, you, if you create press releases um, it, we in our in our company we we it's basically amplified. So you just take everything and you amplify it. So you put it you repurpose everything. You put it onto uh, your social media. You constantly um, queue it up and just you know repurpose it again and again and again. And yeah, that can absolutely work, especially if you go with a high quality traditional press release. Um And those typically run oh they could be seven hundred dollars they could range from four hundred to fifteen hundred dollars, but seven hundred if you're paying that, you're getting a really high quality press release that is going into trade magazines is going in or it, it's um it's targeting journalists through harrow it's probably got some influencers or bloggers it probably can uh geo target certain areas, and that's something. So if you're, um, if you're a domain broker, you've got your portfolio and let's say that you're targeting specific areas. Okay, so for me, um, LA addiction, Los Angeles addiction, Orange County addiction, whatever it is, I can geotarget um, communities, usually 350,000 or less. And I, it's incredible what you can do with one simple press release. And it doesn't even have to be that $750 version, it could be a $200 press release going out, and you would lock down uh, just a ton of keywords for that geo targeted area.
0: Interesting. So I could go like a uh, Geo City plus, you know, let's just say it was something like uh, AustinHealth.com or ATX Health, and let's just say I use the greater metro. So the other six or seven cities around there for a couple of names, right? Um, that were all in that cityplushealth.com, um, and then s- basically spun a uh, a uh, press release out, you know, to basically reach one, I guess, uh, possible folks within that health or medical industry um, to possibly get them to purchase that that given domain. Now, obviously, we're we're not saying, hey, we're going to take these names and put them out there for thousands or. You know hundreds of thousands of dollars, but for you know for the cost of one press release, I mean you could probably flip two or three of those domains pretty quick uh, by using a press release versus you having to go out and actually you know beat the bush one by one by one to let someone know that hey, these are out there and available
1: yeah, you can definitely use it for something like that that's true
0: so you've been using the the p r strategy then to ultimately drive. Now, is that something that you do pretty consistent to, to be able to drive traffic to sites that you've developed?
1: I have been using press releases forever and I've used them more uh, with launch and rank strategies for Amazon. Uh, I again, I use uh, rebates plus press releases and that helps uh, products um, launch on Amazon. But To build a brand, yes, I've constantly done it. I've constantly used, um, since 2013, I think, um, video press releases. And, I mean, it got to a point where, and I don't like to, I'm really stingy, anybody who knows me, you know, I'm very stingy. Um, I don't like to spend money, but I ended up buying a press release company because of that, you know? Wow. Yeah, so now we've turned that into a... Like a press release company was missing something. They missed the content angle. Mm. You know, you need content to play. So we, we've, we've become a content marketing company um, as well as a, a more of an influencer lifestyle uh, photography company because everybody wants social proof of what they're doing, right? So it might, not, it might not apply to domain brokers, but it applies to people who want people to see that people are using their product. So, we've kind of put those three things together, and um yeah it's a it's it's great uh we're also doing a lot of vlog work, you know, because we could also tie in people don't wanna read um you know, I guess it's just my generation, I don't know I'm getting old um so vlogs you know just put get a vlog, and people love that they stay on your page a lot longer. And, you know, it's, that's sort of tied into what we're doing. So we've got those different areas in the company that I think are a little bit different than most people.
0: Gotcha. So really then it's a matter of, so somebody could actually sit down and say, okay, hey, I have a, I have this given domain name. Um, I'm going to sit down, likely spin up a WordPress or whatever WooCommerce website, um, sit down write you know, let's say five to 10 articles, get a press release, send it all out. I mean, that could probably be done well within a week.
1: Oh yeah. You could, for us, what we're doing right now uh, with Cigar is that we're building up a lot of content, really high quality content. We're going to get that up and then we're just going to regularly put it out. And then once it's published, we'll be writing different, knowing that we're going to write certain articles, We'll be targeting them with press releases.
0: Gotcha. And then now, now what's in terms of of a not enough or too much? Like, what are your guidelines in terms of someone going? You know, what I think I'm going to actually use this to develop a site and get it out there, as well as you know, the domain investors going. Man, I've got these portfolio or this portfolio of domains that maybe I can send a press release every week. Yeah. So, what's too much? What's not enough?
1: It really depends on that domain, your market, the competitiveness of the market, and what you're trying to get out of it. So if I, let's say we were selling Dead Sea Mud or Dead Sea Mud products, um, and you had, uh, I don't know, some name, you know, Dead Sea Mud Club, Dead Sea Mud.com, whatever it is, and you wanted to drive traffic, there's so much information you can do on that industry on that niche um, and it wouldn't take a lot to drive start driving traffic over there so what's nice about it you're also building up a lot of authority links as well so it, you're building up a quality um like a, a, a quality uh site and what a you know why not start building a customer list create a like a, a pdf and you know offer it on your uh, on your site or you've got sites like paper.ly that you can do a simple newsletter in wow five minutes and people are blown away and you know if you're sharing really good quality content well they're gonna read it and they're gonna want more but if you're trying to sell something to them all the time and they're not gonna you know pick it up but that's you know. You know, uh, my buddy, uh, Wilfred, you know, we were, uh, you met him in, at Merge. And right. um, he is a guru for engagement. He is the guru when it comes to engagement. And what he always says is you always have to be engaged before you get married. And it's so true. You can drive traffic <laughs> oh, and good. drive traffic, right? But if you're constantly asking for something, then they're going to drop off.
0: And that makes, that makes total, total sense. And so, you know, to, to a certain extent or, or to, to make it make sense for those domain investors that are likely listening to this, it's, it's one of those things of going, I want to educate folks first before I attempt to try to make the sale. Uh, and, and because it, it, may, it brings out the humanity, if you will, of me going, it's not just about give me your money or exchange you know, give me your money. And that's that. It's like, no, I actually want to develop a relationship with you. I want to uh, you to feel that you're getting the best, you know, part of the deal as well as, or, or at least an equal part of the deal. Um, and so you're right, you know, it can't necessarily just be about, we're going to push these press releases just so that we can get rid of these domains. It really, it has to be a fit. Right. So that's interesting. So then norm I mean so what are some practical steps that you know folks by now are going okay, what are my first level steps towards um you know launching an affiliate website? I mean, should they go out and look for a domain first? Should they do some research? I mean, where would you begin?
1: Probably looking at you know from again, this is just me. I I'm trying to see what I can drive or how I can drive traffic to the site and what I can get. If I'm doing something for, on an affiliate level, like if you take a look at what Ernest Epps is doing, you know, I mean, just an incredible, incredible system that he's got where he's looking at affiliate commission coming from um, high end, really high ticket, like 1500, $2,500 products. So when he starts, you you get less, but you get a heck of a paycheck. So he's got his system down um, as long Does as it
0: carry inventory
1: What? no, no, that's the beauty of it. And that's the other thing, like, you know, free plus shipping, that's the other model is you don't carry any inventory. You know, as long as you find that if, if you like going out there and playing around with Facebook ads, which are cheaper right now because of, you know, what's happening. But if you like playing around and trying to, you know, hone in, hone in on your audience and on your audience's interests, man, you can make a killing, a killing off of uh, free plus shipping. Like there's a lady out there. I don't know if you know her, but uh, Elena Saras. Oh my gosh. She went off of Amazon. She started doing this model and I, I, t- I hate saying this, but she's just killing it, you know? And um, anyways, she's got a, she's got um She's out there, um, she's got course on, on how to do this. Uh, I'm not involved with it at all. All I know is what she's doing is working and I, what Ernest is doing is working. Um, it's just another model. So one thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't be going and selling a 9.99 product. Um, like if you're free plus shipping, that might work. But if you're going out there and trying to set up an affiliate for $9.99 low ticket dollars, you have to, you have, to have so much volume. It's a waste of time. Now, if you could take that low uh, or that low dollar product and bundle it so it's either becomes a gift set or it's a three, a three pack or a five pack, then that's a different story. But low ticket items, just run. I mean, just run. Mm. Don't even think about it because you, you've got to have so much traffic to to pay it off, and it, it for the most part won't. So as long as you can, as as long as there's something that you think's got you know is competitive, so a, a heavier search volume that you think you can drive traffic over to that um you know with the content and I mean if there's something that would interest people, right? Right. Content. If if it's something like, oh gosh, it, I, I had to do this. But toe fungus. I had to write eight <laughs> press releases a month about toe fungus. I am the toe fungus ex- expert. You ask me anything about it. Wait, wait Nor. Hold on. Toe fungus? Toe fungus.
0: Nor, what are you writing about toe fungus, man?
1: Oh, you want to know about discolored nails? You want to know about, I mean, I <laughs> am your toe fungus guy. You know, I, some people know me as the beard guy. I'm the toe fungus guy.
0: Oh my goodness, man. Uh, toe fungus. I yeah. I, mean, I sit here and I just go, I don't know that I can write probably more than eight things about toe fungus.
1: I had to do it for a year, over a year. <laughs> and the beauty of it. So here's a, here's a nice example. When, when we started this, there was zero sales. Zero sales in 18 months. <laughs> and so what did we have to do? We had to rebrand the toe fungus. It was horrible. It was in brown bottles. The bottles were in a a a package that was powder blue with a yellow foot and warts on it. Ugly, really ugly, right?
0: Really appealing.
1: The product was really good. Like it smelled nice, and you know, at least you know, getting rid of your fungus and smelling the. (laughs) It was nice. It was a good product, but um, But we repackaged it. it. It went from really looking ugly and looking like some sort of, you know, medical thing to wellness. And now we're targeting, you know, people and, and, you know, making sure your toes look pretty. And all of a sudden, it went from a $9.99 product to a $23.99 product. And we were just, we were hitting it all over the place. So that's something that you could probably target. Now, is it a, a recurring revenue? Uh, we do have repeat customers, but you know, it's, it, it's just something that you can make it look nice and drive tons of traffic to it. It's unique enough that you can also, you know, other foot products, other nail products. There's so many things that you can build your brand off of with that. So something to think about. Don't sell toe fungus. It's very hard to write about.
0: <laughs> so toe like-
1: fungus treatment. Yeah. I don't know if anybody wants to sell toe fungus. <laughs>
0: I was about to say, I'm like, I'm like, you opened the gate on that one. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> if you're out there selling toe fungus, we have a total different issue.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the oh, Chinese, that's on the Chinese black market.
0: You know? <laughs> oh man. So then in terms of, cause you, you hit an interesting point of, going after higher margin um, items uh, or higher end items. And so one of the things, at least right now, uh, that it kind of made me think about was, I know that likely is the case, people are looking for, um, you know, microphones, whether it's for podcasting, or they're looking for video cameras, whether it's for video blogs, or even just for web conferencing, um, you know, meetings. Obviously you got, churches that are out there that are looking for like live stream and, um, video and audio equipment. And those things, when I start thinking about like capture cards, I mean, those things can range from $70 on up into, you know, five $600. And so are those the kind of things that, you know, you kind of have to go where the masses are.
1: Yeah. Or it's a specific niche. So to give you an example, um, mutters. You know what a mutter is? No. A mutter is somebody that likes to be tortured. I mean, these guys are crazy. Sorry <laughs> if you're a mutter, uh, but but anyways, they here's a specific niche for soap. Okay, guys, don't come after me with this. Okay, I, I think I have a little bit of. I just want this market. Please don't close it for me. But selling. <laughs> Dead Sea mud, to mutters, getting clean with soap or getting clean with mud. I am. It, it, you can sell it at a premium. They like it, and you know it's just it's just a play, but it's a niche, and you can do that. So the beautiful part about it. And um, now, if you're a mutter, please just turn off your mics or turn off your speakers. I don't <laughs> want you to hear this. But what you can do with niche marketing is you can double, triple, quadruple your price and just make a killing. On that market. Now, the reason why you do it is because you might not have the volume, but you can, you know, definitely if you're doing mutters and then you might be doing golfers and then you might be doing spas. You know, I mean, I, I sell pet soap and my pet soap is pretty expensive, but it's, you know, it's not that different from our soap, our regular soap that's not that expensive.
0: And likely, the person that you're targeting also, I would imagine that they have uh, disposable income, but they also likely, I would imagine, probably treat their pets as if they were their their kids.
1: Well, yeah. If you're going after, uh, you've got the pet market, but then you have the luxury pet market, and that's a whole other ball game. And that's a beautiful, beautiful market to be in. Yeah, just don't. Uh, one of the things that to be aware of, be careful of. I'm in this market, but I can tell you that um, people love their pets. If you're going to be doing anything with pets, I would not be doing anything that goes either on them or in them. You know, it's, uh, if anything comes back and there's a problem, it's going to be on you.
0: And and I'm about to say, I mean, that goes as... That's probably across the board. That would be one of those disclaimers of, "Hey, don't go after something just to turn a quick dollar," Uh, because you know, if if it is your site that promotes something um, that is you know even thought to be detrimental, uh, that it was recommended by you, you certainly are will be in hot water to say the least. Right. Yeah. You know, Norm. In in terms of uh, just kind of wrapping up here. Um, obviously with the economic downturn, you know, what, what is your final advice, I guess, to someone, you know, looking to start a business or may possibly develop a domain into a brand like, you know, where is that very first thing? Yeah, you got 23 steps, but what's the first, I mean, that one thing, if, if the building's burning down, this is the one thing that you need to go do to start with.
1: I think the very first thing that any entrepreneur has to think about before anything is how often they like to be kicked between the legs. They have to be resilient. That's number one. Now, if you can get past that, then start doing your research, see what words and what search volume. There's tons of different apps out there that can show you that make sure that you're sort of in a mid range level. What's your favorite? Um, for me, if I'm in that uh, forty nine dollar to ninety nine dollar, that's great. Um, if I can get over that, um, like we're selling these incredible um, chef knives right now, and they're in around the one twenty five mark, so that's that's great. Lots of margins in there, and um, you know people people right now are cooking, so we can really build a concept around it. But yeah, if you could get. $49 is great. I like it with lots of search volume. If you're looking for um, yeah, free plus shipping, you're looking, I don't know, Elena, the lady I was talking to you about, she'd probably uh, disagree. Maybe she would. Hopefully she agrees. But I would say that $9.99 to $14.99 is that sweet spot for that. But that's, you know, making sure that. Um, you've got um, you've got a product that you found either on um, AliExpress or um, you might use a sourcing agent that could find it. But anyways, finding that really great product that is a low volume product, okay, or uh, sorry, a low price product, but it's a different model. But uh, going forward, that forty nine high search volume or mid range to high search volume, uh, that's where I would go. Um, Amazon affiliate yeah, you can, you can definitely continue to do that. Um, Or you can just try to target it yourself. You know, you can get on Amazon, you can test the waters on Amazon, you can test the waters with your own e-commerce. And if you're, if you like the challenge, maybe you don't like the challenge, but you know, if you understand Facebook marketing, I know a lot of people that have just cleaned up not on Amazon, but on Facebook, just just by knowing and understanding their platform and being able to like I, I know this one company in a year and a half grew to uh eight figures very easily, made some nice profits um off of just Facebook advertising. Yeah. So I mean that's the, the biggest, the hardest obstacle to overcome is uh what what what's gonna be next. You never know. Like Jeff Bezos might Shut down 3PL or uh, um, yeah, the, the 3PLs. Oh, okay. If that, I don't think that'll happen, but if you did, all right, good luck. You know, we have to go out and find a new living, but wow. the new living is Shopify or Facebook. I'm not nervous. If I wake up today or tomorrow and you know, the, no longer there's any Amazon, there'll be something else in e-commerce. You know, you just keep learning. And that's the other thing. That's my backup. And this is what I would recommend is never stop learning. Like get courses, go to events when we can, go to watch virtual summits or, you know, digital marketer. Yeah. That's a great platform to learn a ton about, um, you know, digital marketing, of course, but just keep learning. And the more you learn, the more you learn, Uh, you're going to be so, you'll be able to do, you'll be able to conquer anything you want. You just have to become a bit of an expert in it. And uh, you can make it, especially in these times. I'm not worried about these times at all. In the, uh, during the Depression, more millionaires were made than any other time. Back in 2008, um, you know, everybody, when the housing market collapsed, the smart money went out and bought homes. So there's always an opportunity.
0: So then last but not least, is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners?
1: Yeah, definitely. With what's happening out there right now with COVID, um, especially by owning a press release company, we were trying to figure out, you know, what can we do without soliciting anything? This is not a solicitation. This is not a lead gen. I know a lot of, you know, e-commerce people will go and offer something, but there's always the lead gen. We're doing this because we want to help the community. Um, If you are a company, an individual, you could be a politician, uh, I'll even talk to politicians, but um, <laughs> anybody who's helping um, give us a press release and we'll distribute it for free. This is not a, a, a the network where it's, you know, there's nobody going to see this. This is our network that we distribute all our press releases. And, you know, just to give you some exposure. The other thing is, if you're, um, if you know of, an incredible, amazing person who's doing something like, I heard of a 12-year-old kid who was making these surgical masks from um, 3D 3D printing them. Or, you know, a friend of mine that was doing a push-up marathon in Miami. I want those. I really do want to help get the word out. And we'll get one of our writers to write either an article or a press release and then send it out. And it's completely for free. We're not holding any of the email addresses. If you contact us, we're, we're tossing them. You know, they're, they're not being kept. But we just want to be able, we know we can reach hundreds of millions of people. And that's, that's the only thing we can do. You know, That's our strength. We just hope that people take us up on our offer. Any, any legit company, individual, group trying to help out, uh, it is free
0: well with that I mean we're out of time so Norman, uh, I certainly thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial and domain investing and development journey.
1: Uh, it's been a real pleasure to be here
0: Certainly and thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. And last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks, and that's all for now.